0: Welcome back to Archery Unfiltered. Uh, looks like it's a pretty eventful weekend. Uh, BC shoot, or I'm sorry, just, I call it the BC shoot, it's the 1 million BC shoot uh, at the San Francisco Archers Range in Pacifica went down. Uh, it's a really fun shoot, 63 targets, safari style, but not your typical safari because it's motherfucking dinosaurs out there. They do a ton of like really cool custom foam dinosaurs and uh, orange spots on top of that, the really bright orange spots. It's an awesome, awesome event. It's one of my favorites. Uh, it had really low turnout this year, and my only guess is because it overlapped with uh, the last week of archery season, or like archery A-Zone hunting, but I don't know many people that do A-Zone hunting, except for... Myself, most people I know are very pro B Zone. So, it's not a hunting podcast, but for everyone out there that's like purely target, there's other things going on right now, and I'm guessing that's why it took some of the, you know, some of the shooters away. But that's never a bad thing. Plenty of good shooters did show up to shoot, and uh, really, whoever shows up that day, I mean. You still got to shoot good. No one's just going to hand you the medal and a bunch of free shit and sponsorships and a you know a trip to go shoot the World Cup. You got to go out there and work for it. So, uh, you know, I, I'm going to recap here. This is going to be a fun episode. I wanted to recap the BC shoot uh, just lightly, and then get into some some pep talk for those of us that need it to get our ass in gear for the next set of events because there are more archery tournaments. This is not the last of uh, this is not the last of it here. Um, so the winners there were many many winners for this event because there's different classes. There's bare bow. There's you know recurve uh, bow hunter freestyle, and then there's the classes that matter, which are freestyle adult men's, freestyle adult women's, freestyle silver senior. Uh, so I'm gonna drink my coffee because it's very early today. Uh, my friend, Bette Creveille, won silver senior uh, freestyle, women's. She shot a 1320. Uh, a Clarissa Bond won female adult freestyle with a 1349. Uh, so it looks like there's a new name here that is up in that I, you know, maybe I should know, but I don't know who's out blasting killer scores and she's got a cool last name like Bond. <laughs> uh my buddy Chris Lolini won silver senior freestyle mens with a 1353. Good job, Chris. I am I, for those that, that don't know Chris is my buddy. Uh he shoots out of archery only in Newark. He likes red bows that usually have a Matthew's label on them. Uh good job. He's he's one of these guys that has been Putting work in where he can. And making improvements. Uh, One cool thing about Chris is I've watched him get better and better. Gradually. But always better. He doesn't get worse. He's just always getting better. He's on like this really cool climb up. And uh, 1353, that ain't no joke. That's some good shooting. Good job, Chris. And then my buddy Alex Mueller. Mueller. Mueller mueller That's a Ferris Bueller's joke. That sucked. But he won adult freestyle with a 13.67. This was all out of a 13.86 total. So you can kind of work it back there. It looks like, uh, you know, top score was about 19 points under perfect. I mean, this is a two-day event with 63 animals. It's it's pretty pretty big stuff. Um, there's also a money division for freestyle. Uh... The team that won it was my good friend Randall and a guy named Johan or Johan, uh, seller. Uh, Randall's a killer shooter. I'm sure plenty of people know Randall. He is, uh, kind of like a, a big guy who he's tall. He always wears some kind of a cargo pant and, <laughs> or jeans, carpenter pant and, uh, He's a force to be reckoned with, especially behind the bow, especially indoor season. Uh, I used to have nightmares about shooting off against Randall, and the first time my nephew ever cried was when I was telling him a story about when Randall beat me uh, for some indoor shoot that we were doing. Um, Yeah, Randall's super good. You'll always see him. He's always got a a sick colored Hoyt Invict out there. If you guys ever see him, you should run up and ask him questions. He's a pro shooter. He, uh know, I'm, I'm hoping he's shooting indoor this year because if I can come around to doing some indoor competitions, I would love to mix it up with him and see how that goes. Uh, so it looks like he won it with his teammate. Uh, on day one, they were shooting out of a 924. So at least I think they were. And it looks like Randall put down a 916, which is pretty damn good. That's, you know, a little bit better than what I would call my average. I always say I'm a 9.15 shooter that just gets lucky. Um, let's see. Alex Mueller and Brian Webb. The infamous Brian. So, Brian Webb's another cool pro, right? Uh, he owns Impact Archery out of Fresno. Uh, great place. You can buy carbon Craft Stabilizers. But, uh, they shot, as a team, they shot 9.21. That's three down for second place. Wait a minute. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Um... Team three was Marco Mel and Tommy O'Mel. Uh, you guys might know Marco Mel. He was recently in the uh, like a massive shoot off with a bunch of pros in the championship division of I believe the it was either Vegas or the championship uh, indoor championship. Uh, Mark's a stellar shooter. Always bring in some fire. Uh, Darren and Bet came in right after that. With a 13, okay, okay, I'm fucking up here. I'm telling you guys, day one scores. So basically, Randall and Johan, day one, were in the lead, right? Day two, Darren and Bette were right behind him, uh, with Al- Alex Mueller and Brand Webb behind them, uh, being followed up by Mark and Tommy O'Mell. And then in the back of the, of the team pack was Robert and Josh, uh, Robert Tahee and Josh Duhan, and then Aaron Chin and Marty Chin. Um, so that was the, the way that day one panned out. Then everything changed for day two, and uh, certain teams fell by the wayside. Certain teams rise to the top, like cream. Uh, looks like Randall and Johan secured it. And then to the day two, uh, Alex Mueller and Brian Webb got second place. Mark and Tomy got third. Darren and Beck got fourth. Robert and Josh got Fifth, and Aaron and Marty got six and that's the team money event so this is not this is kind of like an independent thing from the BC shoot itself uh, sometimes pros their scores aren't listed on the, the BC shoots thing or I don't know if they just don't register for that event they just do the money event, I don't, I don't understand but very good shooting it looks like it was a battle, it looks like uh, Randall and Johan were clean on day one and then seemed to hold it together for day two I mean, if a, a perfect is 13.86, as a team, they only dropped three points. So, on 63 targets, three points down, that's a lot of good ham and egging. Um, let's see, individual money class, Mark O'Mell took it with a 13.73. That's phenomenal. That is the highest score. That is, uh, I think, the highest score shot for the weekend from anybody is 1373 that is 73 let me do my math 13 points down not bad for two days of blasting away good job mark um alex mueller got 1367 in the individual money and randall kilpack 1360 individual money and it looks like day one randall was leading with a 916 uh mark and alex were 912s and then day two Those guys either endurance held out or their focus held out. And uh, Mark ended up pulling ahead. Mark's a killer shooter. Uh, I'll get the name of the event down. And I don't know why I don't remember because it was all the talk. It's all anyone was talking about when we saw him on the the championship line. Uh, Like, Mark's, I don't want to say a local guy. He's not a northern California guy. He's a southern California guy, I think. Uh, But he's... He shows up to events everywhere. Like, Mark is like a... He's a true competitor. And he... Like, he puts the work in. And he showed up to... Uh, I think it was Indoor Nationals. But it might have been Vegas. And he hung with all the... You know, he hung with the big boys. Made it to the shoot-off. Shot his ass off. And, and uh man, we got to see him on... You know, I think it was Bo Junkie. You know, I, I generally don't advocate for you listening to other podcasts. But or watching their their content, but he was there, and uh, it was pretty cool to see. Uh, I got to see him and talk to him at the Break the Barrier shoot in Fresno this year, so that was cool, very friendly guy, Uh, he's always down to give you cool tips and stuff. I don't know if, he's got to be a pro, I don't know if he is or isn't technically a pro, but he's a pro, he's got to be a pro, anyway, good job pros, Uh, everyone shot really good. Uh, yeah, good job. I wish I could have been there. Uh, again, I was one of those people that had an excuse not to, which is, you know, bullshit. There's never an excuse not to shoot. This is one of my favorite events. Uh, it's local. It's kind of like... It's kind of like our Redding. Even though Redding's like a crap ton of, yeah, I think, more targets. It's the Bay Area versions of Red, uh Bay Area's version of Reading, and it's just hard to beat, it's great, it's cool, like no one's keeling over a heat stroke, you know, Um, sometimes it's a little too cold, but who's complaining, and uh, it was a great event, it was good to see new names on the scoreboard, Um, good to see old names moving up, and it's just what happens, it's just time, people are going to get better, those that work, those that stick with it are going to get better, and uh, I think there's a lot there. I hope, I hope all the homework that I told everyone to prepare for helped somebody out there. Uh, I tried to give you guys all the layout for what I thought you were going to encounter, um, what you guys were going to encounter, and and how you were going to have to approach certain challenges with this event. Uh, the next event is I'm probably or I'm pretty sure is going to be a state nine hundred. Which is just standing and shooting. There's no third axis you gotta worry about. There's no no real wacky stuff you guys have to throw about worry about. If there is, then you know you got bigger problems than than uh, just shooting it. But uh, I'll try to get, give you guys a layout. I think I already did in a previous event for how to prepare for the 900. I've generally shot 900s really good in practice, and then at the event. I end up choking a little bit just because of nerves or focus gets lost or change something last minute, just the basic stupid stuff, you know, if I, if there's one thing that any good archer will tell you, don't change stuff last minute, but I'm probably going to anyway. Anyway, so that was a recap for the BC Shoot, good job everyone, uh, I know there are plenty of other people that, you know, there's plenty of other classes, plenty of other champions, um, but, you know, this is, uh, this is a freestyle show. You didn't come here for barebow, you know? And, uh, if you did, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, second half of this podcast is something I've been working on for a little while. Um, I call it surviving the apocalypse. And it's you guys kind of feel like, you know, like I said before, this is never going to be a political thing, so don't even worry about it. I'm not going to ask you some... You know, which side are you on? <laughs> uh, the COVID thing, whatever you want to call it, uh, kind of had like this apocalypse feel, even though we're all still here. Well, at least I hope we are. Um, you know, there's kind of like this after the apocalypse vibe that's happened. A bunch of events had stopped, you know, tournaments got canceled, people's practice got put on hold. And then it's starting to come back. Now everything's, you know, the train's starting to move again. And uh, those of us that that are here survived. Those of us that are competing still, truly survived. And I know some people are struggling. Like they're back, they're shooting, and they're struggling. I think COVID either... Or just the time off, you call it whatever you want. Um, either hurt their motivation, uh took away the momentum they had, uh could be any number of things, you know? But um basically, I think some people, my friends, uh maybe the the, the archery unfiltered listener, new shooters, new competitors. Need to hear some things. Oh, I missed these. <coughs> oh man! Thank God I wasn't in a crowded place. Anyway, um, basically, I don't know. I, I know a lot of people went into this last event, the BC Shoot, thinking, um, very positive. Like they had a really good mindset for competitors. Like I'm gonna go in, do my best, see where I need to improve, and. Like that's truly the mindset you have to have. There are always going to be shooters that go into events and then come away thinking, "Like man, what am I doing? What am I practicing for?" And there's also people that didn't do the event that have this, like, ah, oh, you know, like, what am I even doing right now? Well, I don't have all the answers, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little pep talk to get you at least where I think. You know your mind should be, and um, it's just how to stay motivated to improve. I mean, that's all we're doing. Like if, if you practice, you're practicing to improve, right? Otherwise, you're out there just bullshitting, which is fun. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna poop on that. Like it's fun to get out and bullshit, um, but most of the time, if you're out there practicing, you're trying to get better, and you generally want to see. Improvements. You want to see your scores get better. You want the shots to feel like they're going to break better. Um, it's one of the reasons why I advocate always scoring yourself. You know, is because that's your your power level. Basically, is that score that comes out of it. You have to shoot the when you start sh- scoring. That's when you you know you shoot the same number of arrows. Do some kind of metric so that you can measure whether or not you're getting better. And if you're out there throwing, if you're one of the lucky few that is out there still throwing arrows right now, you're getting better. Like, make no mistake, shooting a bow is how you get better. Not any, you're not going to get better doing anything else. Um, I've heard this phrase that kind of like resonated in my my noggin for a little bit. Someone said they needed they needed a breakthrough moment, and that breakthrough moment's not coming around. And that's what's kind of Hurting their motivation, hurting their want to keep going out there and practicing. And I gotta tell you, like, breakthrough moments maybe come around once in a while for people where they're just like, boom, and they, you know, they'll shoot an event and they're three points higher than their personal best or five points higher. Um, Breakthrough moments, from my experience, aren't what you think um you can have a breakthrough moment but then the next time you shoot like a break like, like let's just say for example breakthrough moment everything's clicking uh and you go to an event or you go to a practice with your friends and you shoot seven points higher all right that's quite a bit but what we'll just say for for this is an example hypothetical right say you shoot seven points higher you're feeling great you're confident all the shots are breaking good. They're all landing middle. You come away seven points higher than your personal best. You stomp all over your friends or the competition. Um, I put money on it. I will put dollar bills on it that that's not a repeatable thing. I've seen this happen to good shooters where they go out, they shoot a phenomenal score, and then they do the um, with winning in mind thing, and they go, "Oh, that's me. That's me. I shoot that score. I will always shoot that score or higher." and then when it doesn't happen they completely eat a plate of shit and it fucks with their head and their subconscious and then they're they're fighting to get back to where they were before that even they're they're you know they're questioning everything they're questioning their setup their shot their draw length everything like falls into question after that when in reality your scores are going to be like a plus and minus. Like you're gonna have your average and you're actually gonna shoot somewhere around that. You might be above it, you might be below it. Like little things come into play that affect that. A little bit of wind. Uh maybe you slept on your arm funny. Um maybe it's a perfectly clear day. Maybe you get a lucky edgy shot that goes in. Who knows? All that stuff plays into whether or not you're gonna have that higher or lower score. And whether or not you do that six or seven times is going to determine you know, uh, are you going to be seven up, seven down? It could just be everything's breaking really good and you hit a streak. But until you find a way to make that part of who you are, it's it's just a day. It's just a benchmark. It's a day um, that, you know, if it was me, I'd write it on the calendar. If you shoot like seven points up from your personal best, write it down. But then let it go. Let it go. Don't sit there and think, this is who I am. Because progress especially in this sport it's fast at first but then when you get good it grinds to a very slow climb and it's just like I said about my buddy Chris right he's been shooting forever I think he's been shooting for longer than I've been alive and he's a very young looking guy I'd imagine he I know he's got kids but uh, he's a young dude and he's always telling me about how he's been shooting forever um he's just putting the work in. And he's shooting because he loves to shoot. And it's just paying it's like <laughs> I hate to talk about investing. <laughs> this is not Rudy Sandoval's podcast, but basically dividend investing. You invest in something, you put like a thousand dollars into something and every quarter it gives you like ten cents back, right? Well, Chris has been doing that for years. He's been putting money or putting He's been investing into this sport, his time, and his practice. And he's getting these little, you know, kickbacks. And it's showing now. And uh, he's shooting great all over the place. Like, his indoor scores are great. His outdoor scores are great. He's not expecting a breakthrough. He's not expecting this big moment where he's going to clean something. Uh, He is just shooting because he loves to. He's not changing a bunch of stuff. He's just running the program, and he's trying to see how far he can get. And it's working. It's paying off. Now, that's not to say I have had a break. You know, I should tell everyone, like, I I have cleaned something before. I have cleaned the Safari event. It didn't make me a better shooter afterwards. I would say that was a, quote, breakthrough moment. And the first thing I did was think, okay, this, this is just a fluke, all right, because... The second you think I'm a clean, you know I shoot shit clean, uh, it starts to fuck with your brain when you don't. So I've always been very careful to I've seen good shooters quit because they think they had like a good day. Now they didn't even fucking shoot great altogether. They just had a good day at Reading and then afterwards thought, "That's me. I shoot like that all the time. And then when it, a couple of not great times come around. They fold like a, like a bunch of cards in a tornado. It's not good. It's a bad analogy too, but it's not good. So just know, there's good days, there's bad days. I think, and you know, maybe a better shooter than I can tell you otherwise, but I think improvement or performance gain is gradual. It's something that's subtle. That's why I advocate for writing your scores down on a calendar. The, the score you shot that day... You write it on a calendar, and then at the end of the month, if you wanted to, I've done it. You can graph it, right? You can write a, a graph of a bunch of numbers. Remember, we all did graphs in school a long time ago, and you can see uh, what days you're peaking, you know. And then maybe you can figure it out. Hey, Wednesdays I always shoot strong. It's either because I got two days of practice before that, or you know maybe I drink a little bit less coffee on Wednesdays, or who knows. Who knows? Um, but you'll you'll start seeing, first you'll start seeing peaks and valleys, right? Well, you'll see what days you're peaking. And then you'll notice, overall, um, your score starting to climb. And maybe it's your average scores, whatever. But you'll just see it. And and I've done it. And, and it's a great, like, when I shoot, was shooting every day, I would write, I would shoot, like, two, three hundred rounds, I think. Two or three 300 rounds, and then I would write the scores down. I would write the ends down. Talk about when I missed. When did? Where did I usually miss? I'd Usually miss on like the fourth end. And then I would be like, okay, the big hump to get over is that fourth end? Dropped ten, you know. Like let's let's get over that hump. And then after I got over the the fourth one, then it was like, okay, now the seventh seventh end. Let's let's get over the seventh end. Get over the seventh. Well, now it's like, holy crap. Now it's, you know, it's gradual. It took me forever to do those things. But once you get over them, the time you put in, it's well worth it, you know. And so anyway, that was just that, the breakthrough moment thing I've heard about. And it's just, one, you got to be realistic. Two, you don't want it. You don't want a breakthrough moment. You want gradual gains. Um, The other thing that I think some people got to do is clear the roadblocks. Clear the roadblocks that you're having to success. Um, roadblocks are usually excuses, right? Uh, what's going on? Do you have a, is your third axis off? We'll shoot it in. You know, it takes one day. Is your timing off? Fix it. Um, I would go through this. I, I I fill a bunch of time on this podcast by telling people the basic: <laughs> clear out your roadblocks, right? Do you need a new string on your bow? Go get one. Put it on. Get it out of the way once it's done don't ever bring it up again cuz it's a, it's a roadblock it's holding you back and you don't need to be held back uh just get it get it worked on get it finished i i have 3 sets of brand new strings hanging on my wall to install so i don't have any excuse <laughs> maybe third axis um so there's those, there's the mechanical roadblocks, right, that will stop you from things. There's also the mental roadblocks, like, are you having fun, you know? I think it's, one of the major things is to shoot with your friends, at least once a week, shoot with your friends, because it, it'll be fun, you know? It, like, they'll, they'll help keep you going. If you don't have any friends, <clears throat> well... Maybe work on that. You know, go to a bar. Don't become an alcoholic, but you know, work on your social game. Um There's so mental roadblocks, one of the big ones is this thing of expectations of how you should be shooting. Like, I'm better than this. None of us are better than that. Alright? It's just however you show up and shoot is who you are. And it's in that it's in that book. With winning in mind, he literally says when you shoot shitty, you know, the first thing you're gonna do is walk to someone and be like, that's not me. First off, no one cares. (laughs) No one cares because they're too concerned about themselves. But, you know, just own it. This is who I am right now. I'm working on it. I'll get better. You know, Um, clear your brain from expectations because you know we just have a tendency to make put unrealistic expectations on ourselves it is it can be a a strengthening quality you know where nothing's ever good enough so you always strive for better but it can also be a terrible thing that because you don't hit these it's these benchmarks it's going to mess up your brain it's why you, you know uh in like uh, Japanese culture, there's that joke where it's like you're a four year old kid and you got an A on a paper, and your mom's like, "How come you're not a doctor yet?" It's why in Japanese culture you have doctors, and then you have people jumping off of bridges. Like I don't know if you guys know, it's not a news podcast, but people in Japan just love killing themselves, and it's because they don't they don't live up to these ridiculous standards that they set on themselves. It's cold, you know, cultural thing, not America, but. Uh, think about that. Think about that. You know. Uh, remember to have fun. That's what's important. It's why you started doing archery to begin with. <clears throat> You're trying to have fun here. Getting good is the byproduct of it. Shooting amazing is the byproduct of shooting a lot. Um. You know, for for everyone that's shoot, shooting great right now, doesn't need a pep pep talk. You know, go ahead and you turn this off. I cover the BC shoot. But until then, you know, I'm gonna keep talking. I'm going to, I got a couple more things because I feel like good shooters out there that are struggling uh, post-apocalypse. If you have the ability to shoot, like what I wouldn't give right now to to have that freedom to get out there and shoot. Like if you can do that, you're blessed. Um, you know, not religious guy here, but you're blessed in however you know whatever your own way. Whatever the Hare Krishna version of blessed is that's that's you right now um, so make the most of it you know not everyone can be out there shooting if you if you have that ability to get out there and shoot and practice god damn it enjoy it get out there soak it up you know uh soak it up for me you know soak it up for everyone else that can't and because it's your time right now it's your time to get better it's your time to to shine and as you can see at the BC shoot Chris Lellini, it is his time to shine, and I don't know, if, if I know Chris, he's going to be like, mm, that was great, that was fun, uh, on to the next thing, which is how you got to be, um, you know, it's just, those that are out there shooting, sorry for the pause, those that are out there shooting, they're doing it, they're getting it, and whether or not you shot the score you wanted, or you didn't, uh Just getting out there and doing it. There used to be this old phrase: "the the only losers in your sport are the ones that quit." And I very much stand. I I very much see that. Do you guys remember? I don't know what other hobbies you guys have. I really don't care, but you can think about it, right? Think about your your old hobbies, whatever you like to do before this. Maybe it's bocce ball. Maybe it's lawn darts. Um, For me, it was uh, there was two sports that I really enjoyed: paintball and like competitive paintball, tournament paintball, not. Not hanging around in the woods and thinking I was going to war. Uh, And then Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Two sports I absolutely loved. And when I stopped doing those, I remember for whatever reason, I think paintball was burnout in college. And then uh, it might have been drugs. I can't remember. Paintball. ended; It was also very expensive. Uh, And then Jiu-Jitsu. I stopped just because I had unrealistic expectations for how much I was training. I thought I should have been doing better in, in competition. The, the return on investment wasn't what I thought was good. Um, granted, now that there were people that I was beating in both of those sports. That when I quit and then I came back a year, two years later, three years later, I, I saw those people. And most of them had either had brown belts or they were pros in paintball, <clears throat> and they were better than I ever was. Um, the only loser there was me because I quit. You know, and granted, if you don't love the thing you're doing, you know, quit, go do something else. But if you do love it, don't act like you're going to quit, or don't act like it owes you something, because if you just stick it, you just stick with it you'll get better, it's just a natural way, uh, uh, it's just how it goes, the ebb and flow, the, the highs and lows, what, what have you, um, it was crazy seeing paintball guys who I would beat without even, you know, I could beat these guys without even batting an eyelash, and then seeing those guys as pros, like they moved and shot like pros years later, and I had just been gone, I didn't realize everyone was getting better. Same thing with jiu-jitsu. There was an old man I used to beat up on in this class, in this one jiu-jitsu class. This old, stinky old man. And I was like, oh, this guy's never going to be any good. He doesn't even clip his toenails before class. He smells terrible. And then uh, I saw a Facebook post. He had won like the world championships in the old man division toenails were all clipped, he looked like he had, you know, got a haircut, it was like, holy crap, that's not who I remember, you know, well, (laughs) that's the thing, that dude's the winner, the only loser there is me, because I left, you know what I mean, that's not my sport anymore, but that guy continued to grow, and sure, it took years, it took years, but you know what, how often do you look back on something and be like, wow, man, that felt like yesterday, it was years ago. So. Just something for you to think about. Clear those expectations. Go in there. I've seen some phenomenal shooting from friends of mine who shot an event with like a brand new bow and weren't even thinking. They're like, oh, I'm just gonna I'm just here to fuck around with this bow. I'm not gonna shoot good. And then they shoot lights out because they don't have any expectations. Um your, your main weapon for getting better is always gonna be repetition. So. Arrows out of that bow are going to be what, what gets you better. Maybe the experience points that you earn from it vary depending on the quality of shooting you're doing. But it's going to make you better. Um, you know, when what you're doing doesn't seem very rewarding... uh, is, You know, when I say write your scores on a calendar, the reason why is because um it w- you will find the thing that will motivate you in the in those scores in the graph you know uh if you're not very motivated to practice if you feel like your practice is like you know not paying out you're not looking deep enough you know you you're just looking for one you're looking at one thing very broadly and if you're not seeing it and you're like full shit but you got to um that whole thing where I'm like graph your, you know, or write your scores down. It's just another avenue to keep yourself motivated because you can further look into your, you know, you can further look into your performance with a finer comb and be like, oh, getting better here. Ooh, I'm getting better there. You know. So that's you know that's how to stay. Some methods to keep it in there. You know, keep keep motivated. Um, you know, use your, another thing. Use your friends as benchmarks. Uh, I'm probably going to get some heat from somebody or someone's going to disagree. Ah, Okay, whatever. Uh, When I was coming up in this sport, we would use each other as benchmarks. There was three of us at Redwood Bowman. There's four, actually. It's me, a guy named John Keating, Emerson Munkers, and this guy named Ryan Murray. And we were the four adult male freestyle shooters and we shot against each other as much as we could there were others all right there was like a, a guy named gabe and and uh his wife brandy um but you know it, the ones those of us that didn't cheat those were those four guys and the we shot against each other and it was literally like who beat who you know can I beat Emerson, Emerson was always at the top, I was like, who can I beat, well, first on my list was John, and he was underneath Ryan, when I beat John, it was like, okay, cool, Uh, can I, can I beat Ryan now, and you know, there's scores that are associated with these guys, average scores that these guys would shoot, plus or minus, you know, whatever their score was, it was field rounds that we were shooting all the time, and then, uh, and the, while I'm trying to beat these guys, they're trying to beat each other, so Ryan is trying to beat Emerson, and sometimes, Ryan is beating Emerson, all right, so it's like, whoever's next on that hit list, they're moving up, or they're moving, you know, or they're staying or they're moving up, and you gotta try to catch them, it's like a, it's like a foot race, it's like watching the Tour de France with a bunch of unathletic people, and so, after I beat John, uh, Ryan was next on the list, and keep in mind, archery's shifting. It's going field to indoor, back to field, so it's like this whole time, right when you think you're about to catch someone, uh, the discipline changes, you know, and then, you you know, then it shifts back. Well, eventually, I caught Ryan, and then eventually, I caught Emerson. Uh, I do believe last time I shot with Emerson, he beat me, um, so maybe it was a good time for him to take that score and bounce, but what I'm saying is, using these people, we all got better, with the exception of John. I John was always a decent shooter, and he had his good days where he beat me, but I think it's because he quit. He ended up stopping. So, you know, if you listen to 10 minutes ago, what did I say? When you stop, that's that's when you lose. Um, But yeah, the benchmark thing. Use your friends. Benchmark off of them. I've heard people say, uh, that's a bad thing. Maybe. If your ego gets wrapped up in it, but if you're using their score as your benchmark and not them as the person, you know, then it's something entirely different. And uh, it's why you go to shoot with friends. You know, maybe not you personally, but for me, you know, when I go out and shoot with my friends, I know it's like, okay, it's anyone's game. I I got to try to stay above this guy and that person. If not, I'm gonna watch them and figure out why I'm not. So I I don't know, a lot of rambling today. A lot of rambling. I'm going to keep this a short episode, but uh I got a couple cool guests lined up and uh hopefully hopefully I can crank out some more listenable content soon. Um thank you guys for listening. Uh DB Custom Coatings is our sponsor today. They are spray coating a bow for me. I've been talking about it for 19 episodes now. 18 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and I finally got one in the oven uh, so when it pops out I'll show you guys I, I, it's a little project bow I'm working on um, it'll be exciting it'll be exciting I think everyone will like it and then when as soon as Darren is like not busy uh, I'm gonna have him start coat all my other bows too I, I got a cool color in mind that I really like and I think I'm gonna have all my bows down in that color it'll be a archram filtered um, signature color and then uh, our other sponsor is Carbon Craft Stabilizers. Adam is notoriously busy, but I think Mr. Webb at Impact Archery in Fresno is taking over some of the footwork and they are cranking out bars. So give Brian a call. Give Adam a call. Um, hit him up. Get those bars. They're they're awesome. I, I am using them right now for my indoor bow and I have a second bow set up with my Easton contour bars and I'm, you know, I'm shooting them side by side, see which ones I like better. Granted, the bows are different. So it's not, you know, as my buddy would say, it's not apples, oranges. So, um, thank you guys for listening. I hope, you know, if you're down about the weekend or if you're down about archery, I hope this helped you a little bit. I hope it didn't push you further down, but, uh, hang in there. As, uh, <laughs> my old buddy Wayne used to say, hang in there. Uh it gets better. Just keep working. Keep working. And and realize that if you're out there shooting a bow right now, you're one of the lucky ones. Alright. I uh, hope to be joining you soon. Thanks everybody. Ciao. How's it going, Archery and Filtered? I got a really cool episode for you guys. Um, I got to interview Isabel and Kaylee from Triple X Archery. Uh, they are Blake Jerome students, and they are these young ladies who are absolutely dominating in archery right now. They are dominating their class, and then they're dominating they're dominating the adult female class, and they're um, they're high school students still. And we're starting to see. I don't know if you guys noticed, but we're starting to see younger, focused, driven archers, and this new generation of archers. I don't want to say I prophesize this, but if you listen to Early Rudecast Archery podcast, I prophesize this. Like there were gonna there's gonna be um new up and coming badasses that, you know, for those of us that are in our thirties that are just starting to figure this out, <laughs> it's gonna change the way we do business, you know, or at least the way we we practice. And so, um Kaylee and Isabel, they uh, had a really good run at the outlaws this year. They have been dominating like things like state field. It would, like I asked them, I go over it in the podcast. Uh, I'm a little nervous when I interview these girls because they're arguably better shooters than I am. <laughs> and it's weird. I also got nervous when I interviewed Austin. Something about younger shooters being able to like just beat the shit out of me at the thing that I <laughs> practice so hard at uh, it, it makes me nervous and like jump around and stuff. So you guys have to bear with me. Um, I really appreciate uh, Kaylee and Isabel doing this podcast. Um, they share a lot of the what the things they're doing that make them strong shooters, and I think this is a lot of stuff that can help all of us. Um, they train under Blake, so they have a lot of the same uh, methods that Blake does as far as getting better. And I think I'm starting to see a pattern here with these really good shooters. And, uh, you know, I, I won't give it away in the very beginning. I'll let you guys listen to the podcast and figure it out. But I'm starting to see, like, a lot of common things amongst killer shooters. And I think after... Um, these two badasses tell you about how they do it, you guys will start to see the pattern as well. So, you know, pay attention, uh, you know, listen up. They're going to tell you, they're going to tell you everything, basically. And, you know, I just hope, hopefully you guys pull out what I did. And I'll go over it in the next podcast, but I'm going to lay out, like talking to Kayla and Isabel has helped me figure out like, clearly, as to what the new practice routine is going to be. And, uh, you know, I'll go over it more clearly on the next podcast. Until then, you guys can listen to them and let me know what you think. All right. So, thank you very much, guys. This podcast was brought to you by DB Custom Coatings, my Sarah Coating homies out of Napa. Uh, if you guys want to get in contact with them, they have an Instagram where their uh, handle is DB Custom Coatings. Uh, Darren and bet are awesome people. They, they specialize in all types of coating stuff. You can get your car parts done by them, but the thing that they do like exceptionally awesome is bows. And I have a little project bow that's being done by them right now. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll post it up as soon as I get it. Um, and then our other sponsor is carbon craft stabilizers. I don't know exactly what the lead time is on Carbon Craft Bars if you want them, but I do know you can contact Brian Webb down at Impact Archery in Fresno, and he will set you up with a pair ASAP. So you guys, if you guys want a pair of these bars, they are the stiffest bar for their weight. So it's pretty much the best of both worlds. It's, it's a really tough bar to come across. I've tested a bunch, and usually bars that are this stiff weigh a crap ton. So if you guys are interested, give Brian Webb a call, Impact Director and Fresno, and uh, I'll stop being a corporate shell here and get on with this podcast. So enjoy, guys.